morning, everybody, and good morning uh, to those who are watching online as well. If you're one of the folks joining us online in the comments, uh, I want to let everybody know we have a lot of really great small group uh, Bible studies here going on at the church. Pastor Sam leads two of them. Uh, but I wanted to tell you, too, about our... Um, we have a Sunday school class at 10 that's for people that don't have a Sunday school class, and it's for all ages. We have a lot of fun. We're doing a series right now um, called Love Does, and it's a lot of fun. That's uh, Sundays at 10 in the gathering room. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. How exciting is that? Um, I wanted to let you know at 10 o'clock next Sunday, uh, we're going to be out in the green space um, with donkeys and donuts. So if you know somebody that loves donkeys or donuts, who doesn't love a donut, by the way? We'll be out in the green space. It's going to be wonderful. Um, Holy Week services will be coming up um, that week as well. So the Holy Week services, when, after Palm Sunday, that'll be that Monday through Friday. Um, the noonday services start at 12.05 here in the sanctuary. And uh, there's guest speakers lined up. And there will be a lunch at 12.30 following that with a $5 cost. And uh, everybody always loves those services. Very meaningful. Then we'll also have a Monday Thursday service at 6 p.m. that week and a Tabernay uh, Good Friday service at 6 p.m. as well. So there's so many services that are going to be coming up. Um, and then, of course, uh, April the 16th, Catherine's going to need everybody's help. Catherine, raise your hand if, so, if somebody doesn't know who you are. Um, April the 16th, 11 to noon, there's going to be an Easter egg hunt here for the kids, and it's going to be awesome. And if you don't have a, a kid at your house, come and just help Catherine. She needs lots of help. So um, this Wednesday, the youth are going to be dying Easter eggs and talking about Palm Sunday and what that means. Wednesday the 13th, Catherine and the kids are going to have nachos and Nerf War in the gym. How, how much fun? Does, that sounds like great time, doesn't it? Um, so I just wanted to give you a statistic because I gave you all these great events coming up, right? Um, so the in the United Methodist Church... The average church member invites a friend to church once every 38 years. Once every 38 years. So, for some of you, it may have been a while, all right? And it, maybe you invited somebody last week. I just want to tell you, there's so many things coming up, and I bet a neighbor or a friend, a loved one, would come to one of the Holy Week services or to Palm Sunday or to Easter so invite some people. Let's break that statistic of once every 38 years, all right? Let's invite one person every week, and let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for all of the great things coming up. We thank you for Easter. We thank you for Holy Week. Um, God, right now we pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds. We pray that you will help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you. Um, Miss Catherine's going to be taking our children to Children's Church. We have anybody that wants to go and, and join her. That's always a good time. There's no telling. You know, all the stuff that Miss Catherine does, like nachos and Nerf Wars. I mean, who doesn't want it? And Pastor Andy's dying Easter eggs this, this coming uh, Wednesday with the youth and talking about Palm Sunday and that all sounds like fun to me. I, I think uh, they may be on to something. We may do that in my next Bible study, Nachos and Nerf Wars. That might be the thing to do. Uh, I want to thank you for supporting the church uh, whenever we need volunteers to help for, for just about anything. We can call on you, and that is one way that we give to God. We give our, our abilities, our talents, our time. And I want to thank you for, for supporting your church financially by giving your, your tithes and offerings. You know, it's not just a financial decision to help uh, in that way. It's a spiritual decision because it's, it's something that, that God has asked us to do because God knows that generous hearts are hearts that can receive as well as give. So thank you for that. And now let's say a prayer as we, as we think about what we're giving to God. God, it is a blessing and it is a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to share ourselves it's one of those mysterious things that the more we give, the more we receive, and, and how we can't outgive you. And you just fill us to overflowing when we open our hands up to give and we open our lives up to you. So that's what we want to do, Lord, is just be generous in every part of our lives, knowing that it's a blessing to others, a blessing to us, and that it, it puts a smile on your face. So take these, our tithes and offerings, Lord. Bless them, multiply them, and use them for your kingdom's glory and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.
Please be seated. This is a time in our service where we share our joys and our concerns, and, and sometimes it seems that the concerns are always on the tip of our tongue, but I, I want you to share a joy. Raise your hand if you've had an answer to prayer recently. Raise your hand if you've had an answer to prayer. Yeah. Now wiggle your fingers if you're just thankful for something today. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, um, that's uh, important to remember. We like to hear those joys as well as your concerns. You can send them to us and we'll put our prayer team at, at work praying on those prayer concerns. And we also like to hear the joys too. So send them to us, F-U-M-C at F-U-M-C-Gadson.org. Put them in the comment section on our, our live stream today or write them down on a card and just hand them to us however you want to, uh, to send them to us. We will pray because that's what we do. We've had a special emphasis on prayer during the season of Lent, 40 days of prayer. And I hope that you have uh, learned something. I hope your prayer life has been enriched and strengthened. Mine has. And I hope that yours has, yours has too. Uh, will, you, will you join me now as we pray? And gracious Heavenly Father, we, we are so thankful that you have blessed us today, that we can come together and worship. We don't take that for granted. We also don't take for granted that, that we are able to come before your throne with boldness, not because of our own righteousness, not because of how good we are, but because of how good you are. Thank you for loving us the way you do, Lord. Thank you that you are, your whole, your whole demeanor toward us is redeeming love and that you welcome us into your presence. You want to hear our needs, big and small, but Lord, you also like to hear when we say thank you. So we want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing us with this beautiful spring day. Thank you for all the ways you answer our prayers and for providing for our needs. Thank you for the healings that we have received, for the strength to carry on another day, for the hope that we have that all things that are not right right now will be made right. And ultimately, uh, your kingdom will come and your will will be done. So God, we want to open ourselves up right now. We want to let go of the things we need to let go of. We want to get cleansing in the areas that we need to get cleansing. And we need your help, Lord, to be able to do what you've called us to do just one step at a time. We ask that you would teach us to pray right now the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Number 362 is our hymn of preparation. As you are able, will you please stand and join us as we sing Nothing But the Blood, number 362.
Well, if you love the music in this church, will you say, Alleluia? Now, remember that when you get your letter for the Alleluia offering this week, okay? That's, I'm just saying. No, we, we do love our music and, and our, our musicians and the people that, that give, uh, give us such joy and inspiration and worship. I love it. Love it. It makes a difference. Um, I want to ask you, if you will, uh, in the spirit of the 40 days of prayer and part two of the pattern for prayer that we're doing today, Will you bow with me and pray again the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let's hear these words that Jesus said that we just prayed as the gospel writer in Matthew records them. And this is Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13 if you're following along. If you're following along at home... By the way, um, I, think, I think Tammy and my mom are, are with us by live stream, so I love y'all. You know, just hello to you, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One day a man got a job at a sock factory and his foreman was showing him around his machine that he was going to be working on and he said really you've only got one important thing to remember uh, with this job and he pointed up on the wall there was a big sign that said in case of tangled threads call for the foreman he said that's that's your number one rule that you have to remember today otherwise things will work out and so the man got busy he had a really good morning everything was pretty smooth and but then in the afternoon sure enough his machine, and this machine, he's just got an awful tangle with the, with the threads. And the harder he worked to untangle it, the more tangled it got. And he just worked and worked and worked. And pretty soon the foreman came by and said, hey, he said, you got your threads all tangled up? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. Well, uh, didn't I tell you to call for help? Isn't that the one rule? And he said, yeah, but you know, I really wanted to do my best before I bothered you. And the foreman said something that I hope you'll remember. Doing your best always means calling on me. Doing your best always means calling on me. And this is why I want you to remember it. The threads of your life and the threads of my life are going to get all tangled up from time to time. And you're going to work and you're going to work. And the more you try to untie the knots, the knottier things are going to get. And then... Remember this, doing your best always means calling on the Lord. Doing your best always, in me, always includes prayer and lots of it and lots of it. 
And the Lord loved us enough to give us a pattern for praying and, and to not just leave us out there on our own wondering how to do this. We looked, started looking last week at the pattern for prayer and that's really what the Lord's prayer is. It, it's not as much what to pray. Je, Jesus didn't say, here's what you need to say. He, he said, this then is how you should pray. There are, are 10 important points in this pattern. We did the first five last week. By the way, I have all 10 of these, uh, these powerful words on the pattern of prayer printed up on a piece of paper that, that you can take with you and make your notes on. I have, I've given these out in my Bible study and you can access them online, but I've got copies on the table over here at the Hazel Oliver uh, entrance that you can grab on your way out if you want them or give them to a friend if you want that. So the 10 parts in the pattern to prayer. Uh, first five parts we went last week. I'm just going to briefly touch on them. Starts with our Father in heaven in verse 9. We just start by remembering who it is that we're praying to. We're praying to our Heavenly Father who loves us and loves all of God's children, right? This is the prayer of connection. We're not, you know, we're connecting with someone who loves us. We're not connecting with a heavenly bureaucrat that will tell us to take a number or a heavenly parole officer who's waiting for us to mess up. We're connecting with our Heavenly Father, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name in verse 9 is our prayer of refocusing. We give our love to God. God loves us. 1 John 4.19 says we love God because God first loved us. And that's, that's the way we experience. That's really, if you think about it, the way we experience our family. We, you know, we love our family. We love our mom and dad. We love our, our grandparents. But they loved us long before we ever even knew what love was. And as a matter of fact, their love for us inspired us to love them. That's the way it works with us when we bow before our Heavenly Father. We know who we're communicating with. But we remember when we say our Heavenly Father that God is God and we are not. Isn't that a relief? That God is God and we're not? It takes a lot of pressure off. Your kingdom come, verse 10 is the prayer of cooperation. We offer our cooperation with God's purposes, with God's plan. Remember, I just said God is God and we're not, and that means that God is all wise. God is all loving. God is all powerful. God is all good. I'm not, you're not. So this all wise, all loving, all powerful, all good, God has a will and a purpose for our lives that is so much better and beyond anything we could ever dream up. And then what our job is to do is to align with that, that purpose, align with, with that plan. Do we need to realign? Yes, often, because we often try to go our own way. We often think we know better and we have to adjust. Do you ever need an attitude adjustment? I do. Just elbow somebody next to you if you think they do. That's okay. That's okay. Number four is the prayer of surrender. Verse 10, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. This is so very important and so very difficult. And I know that it's so much easier to say than it is to mean. And I know sometimes it's agonizing because things we have a way that we thought things were gonna work out and they're not working out that way. And we have 
our preferences, right? We have our, our will that we want to be done and it, it hurts sometimes to, to just surrender that and say your will be done. It's the Garden of Gethsemane prayer. It's the prayer of surrender. Number five is the prayer of dependence. It's a declaration of dependence. It is give us today our daily bread in verse 11. We trust God to meet our needs and, and God does meet our needs, but God gives us today what we need for today. And what you need for today might be different than what you needed for yesterday, but God will give you what you need each day because God wants us to trust God every single day for that day. So that's part one, that's the first five. You ready for part two? Do you need an intermission or a stretch break or anything like that? We ready? Here we go. Here's part two. Number six, forgive us our sins as we just read. Forgive us our debts as um, you say, if you're praying it maybe in another church. But if you're like me and you've been praying this prayer since you were knee high to a grasshopper, it's it, in the Methodist church is forgive us our trespasses, isn't it? That's the way it wants to come out of my mouth every single time. Forgive us our trespasses. You know, all three of those words, sins, debts, and trespasses, no matter how it's translated, it all means the same thing. It, it means an offense that needs to be repaired. This is the prayer of cleansing. We just sang that beautiful hymn, What Can Wash Away My Sins? What Can Make Me Whole Again? Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. This is where we say, without excuses, without blaming somebody else, without anything I need forgiveness. It's, it's me, oh Lord. I need forgiveness. One way that we can think about God's plan for us and the commandments really in the Bible is, is to think about um, a fence. Now, I, I grew up in the country and, and so uh, you'll have to excuse me if I make references to things like that, but it's what I know. So when I think about about offenses, I think about offense. I know it's a different word, but just stay with me here on this. I think about fences that we would put up for our animals, and I think about the Lord being the good shepherd, and, and, and the commandments, and, and what God gives us to go by here is it's like a fence that God puts up for, for his flock, right? To keep us safe, for our own good, not to be mean to us, but because we gotta have boundaries, don't we? We, get, we need that fence. And sometimes we just choose to just step right on that fence and, and go on, right? Or we choose, sometimes we just think we know better and we're just gonna live way outside that fence and we're just gonna live out there, okay? So we don't wanna, we don't wanna be inside that fence. Just, just don't fence me in, God, you know, like that. So both of that, uh, inst those, those instances where we just step on it and or we wander away or we actually choose to go our own way, both of those are offenses and they need to be cleansed and repaired. And the great news is, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us for all, from all unrighteousness. This is, it's like Rick Warren says in our city, this is like taking out the spiritual trash. And, and look, you don't just do that one time. You, you do that, if you're like me, I, I need this a lot, right? I need this a lot. 
And it's a, just a good mental picture of just that carrying away of that spiritual trash and that cleansing that we need. God doesn't want to be, us to be carrying all that mess around. God doesn't want us to be carrying that weight of guilt, that weight of shame, because forgiveness is God's free gift of grace. And God willingly forgives us. God, God lovingly forgives us. And God permanently forgives us. And, you know, here's something else that's cool about God. God doesn't bring it back up and throw it in our face later, 10 years down the road, like we do with our friends and spouses, just saying. Um, but God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. So, that's the prayer of cleansing. Number seven is, as we also forgive those who sin against us, that's the prayer of release. Now, remember I earlier referred to fences and boundaries so because God because God loves us puts a fence here and and uh, and says this is this is here to keep you safe to keep the flock safe okay and we either step on it and go on or we decide to live outside it and either way it's offense and it needs to be repaired but let's say uh, we have a fence and 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 let's say our neighbor has a fence uh, so um, my neighbor has this fence and, and I choose to, to climb over that fence and in climbing over that fence, I knock down a couple of strands of that fence. And I go on my way, and, but I knock down a couple of strands of his fence. And he saw me knock down his fence wires and so he gets his wire cutters and he comes over to my fence and he intentionally cuts a couple of wires on my fence. So one was unintentional. Maybe I, didn't, maybe I didn't mean to knock down his fence, but he got mad and knocked down some wires on my fence. Either way, both of them are offenses, and we need to mend fences, don't we, as neighbors? You see what I mean? You ever heard that you need, that old saying, you need to mend fences? Because you see, we, we look at God and we say, God, I want you to cleanse me. I want you to forgive me of my offenses. And at the same time, I know that somebody might have trespassed all over my fences. <laughs> you know, they really stepped too far. You know, they really, and, and I'm, car I'm carrying that just anger, you know, and I'm a, a grudge. And both, in both cases, with my sins that I commit God and with my offenses that my neighbor offended me, that, that I need to let go of those, y'all. And you need to let go of those. So I want you to do something with me to help you remember that. And, and um, so uh, hold both of your fists out. Come on, you can do it. Both of your fists. Don't hit your neighbor in front of you. But, but like you could hit him if you want to, all right? And, and um, so with your right hand, open it up like you're offering a cup up. And, and this is when I say, God, forgive me my trespasses. I'm offering this up to you because I don't want to carry it around anymore. I need you to take it. And then with your left hand, just turn it around like you're emptying out. As I forgive those who have trespassed against me. You see, both of them are letting go I'm letting go of that guilt of my sin and that shame and that debt 
I'm letting go of that. And, and then at the same time, I am letting go of the debt, the trespass, the sin that my neighbor has committed against me. Both of them are letting go. Now, both of those situations are like, if, 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 this, if the fence doesn't, doesn't help you, maybe this would, I mean, you think about a, like a log, heavy log chain that I have. When I have sin that I need to confess to God, I need forgiveness of, it's like I'm wearing a log chain. I'm going through life, but I'm weighted down by something God never meant for me to carry. I'm weighted down with it. And then if I have offenses that somebody else has committed against me and, and I'm holding that grudge, and I haven't forgiven them yet, I'm, it's like an extra log chain that I have around my neck. And every year it just gets heavier and heavier. Every year I don't let it go. It just, it just drags me down. And, and when I let go of that, it's like taking all of that weight off. That's the abundant life that God wants for us. That's the, that's the freedom that God wants us to, to just breathe in and walk in. The freedom of being forgiven and the freedom of giving forgiveness. That's number seven, the prayer of release. Number eight is the prayer of protection. Lead us not into temptation, verse 13. This is where we ask God to guard our hearts. And when I was, as I said, I've been saying the Lord's Prayer a long time. I remember being little and saying, lead us not into temptation. And I was thinking, well, what is God doing leading us into temptation? Um, but that's not what that means. Because, I mean, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15 says, God doesn't tempt us. God doesn't tempt anybody with evil. Nor can God be tempted by anybody but we are tempted when, when we're drawn away by our own sinful nature, right? Um, you are, I am, we all are, okay? Um, but God tests us. The devil tempts us, and God tests us. And you say, well, preacher, you're splitting hairs here. I'm, I'm not. There's a difference. And here's the difference. God tests us with the goal of us standing up at, to that test and being stronger. The devil tempts us with the goal of us falling and being weaker. Have you ever thought about how that in, in scripture, the first thing that happens after Jesus is, is baptized by, by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit lights on him like a dove and, and immediately goes out and he is tempted and tested in the wilderness. Just, just physically, mentally, spiritually tested by his 40 days out there and tempted, right, by Satan. He is tempted. So if, if Jesus, son of God, son of man, wa was tempted and tested, don't you think we can expect to be tempted and tested too? It's part of our human experience. Uh, Charles Swindoll said it in a way that, that just stuck in my mind. He just, he said, temptation, he's talking about temptation and Jesus being tempted. He says, don't be surprised by temptation, expect it, okay? Don't, don't be clueless, don't be clueless about temptation, 
detect it. Recognize it, right? And then don't be cute and clever with temptation. Reject it. So expect it and detect and reject it. I know it's kind of corny, but it helps me remember. It's just there. Temptation is. Number nine is deliver us from evil. The prayer of deliverance where we depend on God's power to deliver us. Deliver us. You know, uh, I talked about the, the fence and the sheep and, and sometimes we step on the fence and go our own way and everything. And, and sometimes when we do that, we end up falling down and getting ourselves into a real mess. The word deliver here in the Lord's Prayer means to pull someone out of danger. To pull somebody out of danger. There's a beautiful painting that I saw, um, and I can't remember where and when it was. But it's a prayer, it's a painting of the Good Shepherd. And, and there was a, a little sheep in the painting, and it had fallen down in a, in a crag or a crevice down between split between two rocks and it was down there and there was no way that little fluffy sheep was getting out of that crevice on its own but the good shepherd you know has that staff with the shepherd's crook and the good shepherd was reaching down and pulling that sheep out delivering that sheep out of the mess that it had wandered off and gotten itself down into you see you ever feel like you're caught between a rock and a hard place and You really don't have anybody to blame but yourself. But anyway, you're in a mess. And you know you're not getting out of that mess unless you get some help. And that's when you say, God, deliver us. Look, is evil real in this world? Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you you know that evil is a reality in this world. Do we need deliverance from that? Yeah. Do we need protection? Yeah, God, protect our hearts. But God, also deliver us. Deliver us. Maybe there's something that you need deliverance from today, and you've tried and you've tried, but you can't get it. The good shepherd is still waiting, and the prayer is there, and it's real. Deliver us from evil. And then the last one, number 10. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the prayer of victory, the prayer of ultimate victory. We're praising God for ultimate victory. Everything in the pattern for prayer, everything in prayer itself begins and ends with God. It begins by recognizing who God is, that God loves us. And it ends by saying, God, yours is the kingdom and power. Now, this last phrase is, is not in some translations of the Bible. It's in some, and it's left out in others, and some of it has to do with the manuscripts that the original uh, translators were, were going from. But you know what? I think it's so important to remember it and to say it, and because it's so hope-filled, and we need hope in this world that we live in today, don't we? We need hope. I love uh, reading about the, uh, the early desert fathers and mothers and the mystics. And, and um, one of my favorite uh, English mystics is Julian of Norwich. She's a, a 14th century English anchoress. 
And if you don't know what an anchor is, is um, it's, it's kind of, um, it's a, a woman who would, they would build a, a little room on the side of a church that was just kind of a, a little nest. It was an anchor hold. And the woman, the anchoress would live in that little anchor hold. It's like a, like a one-person monastery, which, by the way, you might see some nuns running around here. They're, t they're taking some photos for Theater of Gadsden with some, what is it, Andy? Uh, sound of Music. Sound of Music. So if you see nuns running around here, just think Sound of Music, okay? Uh, but this, this little one-person uh, nunnery on the side of, built on the side of the church, it's where the anchorists would live. She'd have a window out to the world, out on the street, and then she'd have a small window through the wall into the church where she could participate in the services going on. And she was committed to a life of prayer and helping, and she would, uh, in Julian's case, uh, she, she, offered, um, she offered prayer for people who came by. She offered bread that she would cook there. She taught children uh, about the faith and taught them how to sing and how to read and things like that. And then she would participate in the services like that. That was kind of her life. Um, and I said in the earlier service, kind of halfway jokingly, that Sheila Freeman's going to put her an anchor hole on the side of this and cut a hole right over there so she can help us. Um, sometimes we feel like that. But in Julian's case, uh, this was, again, 14th century England. And if you know anything about the history in 14th century England, uh, there were lots of plagues going around. We think we're the only ones that ever had a pandemic, but oh yeah, they had all kinds of plagues going around, including the Black Plague. And when Julian was 30 years old, she came down with this terrible disease, this terrible plague, and so many people died, and they, they thought Julian was going to die too, and so the, the priest was called in uh, into her anchor hold, to give her last rites. And as she was on her, what they thought was her deathbed, and the priest came and placed the uh, crucifix in front of her face as a part of last rites. And so here she is, and she's looking at Jesus on the cross, and she is at the point of death, and Julian has visions, she has these visions that she calls showings during this time. And, and then when she gets well, to everybody's ama amazement, she, she recovers and, and gets well from this. She writes these showings down, and it becomes, interestingly, it becomes the first woman, uh, the first book written in English by a woman ever. This is 1373. She's the first um, English-writing female author and her, her book is, now it's not like a huge book, but it's the first one. And one of her visions, um, she, I think it's the 13th one. She is troubled by many things in her life and in the world around her. And here's what Jesus says to her from the cross. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. And if you know anything, if you read any of these things, that might be the one quote that you know of Julian of Norwich. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. 
I need to hear that. Every day, I need to hear that. All shall be well. And you say, well, Pastor Sam, have you been living in a cave or something? Don't you know that all is not well? Have you seen the news? Don't you live in the real world? Do you live in some kind of, you know, other planet or something? All is not well. But that's not what this says. That's not what the Lord said to Julian and her hour of death. He said, all shall be well. Because as we read the end of this book, we see that, that the beautiful thing about the book of Revelation is that in the end, God makes well everything that is not well right now. All that is messed up and tangled up and unwell about creation right now will be made well by the God who makes it all happen. The God who is due all of the power and glory in the kingdom forever. That's what we're saying when we say the kingdom and the power and the glory is yours, God, forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. But in the meantime, right? That's where we live. In the meantime, in the meantime, we pray. In the meantime, we persevere in praying, remembering God's great love for us and all of God's children. In the meantime, we pray and we offer our love and our cooperation to God for God's plan and purposes. In the meantime, we trust God to provide us each and every day what we need for that day. In the meantime, we just own up and admit to our offenses. And, and we ask God to cleanse us while at the same time offering that same mercy and forgiveness to others. In the meantime, in the meantime, we know we need protection and we ask God to protect our heart. And we know that, and maybe you're here right now, you need deliverance. You just flat out need deliverance in the meantime. And in the meantime, we hold on to that tremendous hope that ultimate victory belongs to God and God alone. I want to close by just asking you kind of a personal question. How are things going with you right now? How is your prayer life going right now? How is your life life going right now? Are all your threads tangled up right now? Have you been just trying to work and work and do your best and it just keeps getting more and more knotted up? Well, just remember, doing your best always means calling on the one, the only one who can untangle the threads of our lives. Let's pray. We thank you so much, O oh God, our Father, for giving us a pattern for praying that includes everything that, that we need to live this crazy life. And God, we, we need every part of that pattern, including beginning and ending with looking at you. 
including everything in between from letting go and releasing our plans and our will and our debts and we need we need everything in between Lord and we thank you for being our provider and our Heavenly Father and Lord we we remember all of those who are hurting in one way today it's because this is a communal prayer it's our Father it's give us this day it's lead us it's not just it's not just one person it's not just selfish it's all of us Lord and we trust you and we offer these prayers in Jesus name Amen won't you come and sing and stand as you're able as we sing Number 536 will be our closing hymn today. Precious name. Will you stand as we sing?
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion go with us all now and forever. Amen.